Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. It's Super Bowl week, Super Bowl Monday, leading up to the big game. We'll have some talk about that game, Amal. But I want to start out about news and notes around the league again. Dolphins take 49ers offensive coordinator. Mike McDaniel, were you surprised by the hire? I was surprised by this hire, and I think it, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Uh, he's more of an analytics kind of guy. We'll, we'll see how beneficial it is to Tua. I think part of the analytics will say you got to throw the ball more than three yards above the line of scrimmage, so we'll see if he can do it. Well, he's got a good defense to build on there, mm-hmm. right? But the, this is another team, I think, that, that if they had average quarterback play or a playoff team, which he's leaving that situation right now, uh, dealing, dealing with Jimmy G. Absolutely right. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens down there. Now, can he affect the running game to be the way it was in San Francisco? I don't know. The Dolphins are still a far stretch from that. Yeah, I would agree with you. But, uh, you know, they're pretty decent. I like some of the guys they have over there. The kid from Washington right now, I'm drawing a blank on his name. But um, I, I think the one thing that you forget in San Francisco, they've got some guys that have really panned out. Debo Samuel, second-round pick out of South Carolina is terrific. Probably the best big play player in the NFL Elijah Mitchell out of Lafayette has turned into a really good player, and Racine Mozart was hurt this year. I mean, he's another guy who's very effective as well. Talk in uh, Houston is that the Texans are considering making Lovey Smith their head coach. Amal, can you explain this move? I can't. Nobody can. And the bottom line is when you hire Lovey Smith, I think there's only one goal, and that would be to have the first pick in the 2023 draft. Do you think it's an attempt to keep Deshaun Watson? Yeah, but you know what? I don't want Deshaun Watson right now. There's too much negativity around him. There's too many off-field issues. we got to find out what's going to happen in terms of resolution. Is he going to face any criminal charges? I, I think at some point in time, you got to sit there and say, you know what, in today's climate and culture, maybe you start over and you move on from him. Would you rather be in the situation of the Texans, the Lions, the Jags, or the Jets? Great question, and I think I would rather be in the situation of the Jets. Yeah, because I think Zach Wilson still has some ability. I think Trevor Lawrence is pretty good, but I think Jacksonville is dysfunctional. Houston's got a long way to go, even though Davis Mills didn't look bad at times this year. Uh, Detroit, I I don't know what their quarterback solution is. I actually think they're going to have an opportunity. I would love to see them take Kayvon Thibodeau. If they take Aiden Hutchison, it's kind of to appease the fan base. I think uh, Thibodeau's got a greater upside. 
Uh, Hutchinson's probably more polished at this point in time. So it remains to be seen what they choose to do there. But I think the Jets have an opportunity. They've got some decent pieces. And you look at the Jets last year at home. They were competitive in many games. It's the road where they've had real issues. Well, Amal, since we spoke on Friday, no movement in the line at SoFi on Sunday mm-hmm. for the Super Bowl. Rams still sitting at 4.5 with a total of 48.5. So let's go to the burning questions before we talk about some of the different ways to attack the Super Bowl. And we'll start with the Super Bowl. Amal, for the second consecutive year, we have a team hosting a Super Bowl. The Buccaneers did it at Raymond James Stadium, and now the Rams are doing it at SoFi. But in a game like the Super Bowl, where everybody has gathered at the site 10 days in front of the game, what kind of an advantage is that, and how much should be baked into the line based on their home field advantage? I don't think in this particular instance the home field is that much of a factor, because remember, most of these tickets are going to corporate sponsors and everyone else. Um, who's hosted? What network's got the... Uh, NBC. So, you know, we'll be inundated with their five shows that actually come up in the Nielsen ratings. We'll see those guys at the game and ladies, whoever they are. And you just don't have that home crowd advantage. Remember, the Rams have never really had a home crowd advantage, along with the Chargers all year. We've talked about it. When they played San Francisco, it looked like they were playing in Santa Clara. So I I don't think that's a factor here. I think too many people were pointing to last year. The problem for Kansas City was not playing at Raymond James. It was their offensive line. They didn't have one. Yeah, they didn't have one, exactly. (laughs) I thought Patrick Mahomes was better in defeat than almost in any victory he had been, just the the toughness, the grit, and the accuracy he showed. Um, But in this game, I think it's going to come down to can you make the plays, and I think the Rams are a little bit more of a complete football team. Question two, Amal. The most surprising aspect of the NFC Championship game was the 49ers' inability to run the ball, especially considering the success they had had against the Rams in their previous six outings. Will the Bengals be able to run the ball enough and effectively enough to prevent the Rams from pinning their ears back and attacking Joe Burrow on every down? Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit tough sledding there, and I think the reason why the Rams are more effective against the run was because you take your chances on Jimmy G beating you. you got Jalen Ramsey on one corner. You feel pretty good about that, and they were effective in this game the second, uh, third time around. But to me, if Cincinnati's offensive line, which has been inconsistent to say the least, if they're not effective in terms of getting holes for Mixon, I think this team is in real trouble because it'll put a lot of pressure on uh, Joe Burrow. And we saw him get sacked, as you alluded to, nine times and realistically 11 in that game against Tennessee. Sacks are one of the things you can bet on in the prop mm-hmm. market. DraftKings has a prop of them all over under sacks by the Rams. Over three and a half, you can get plus 105. Or if you want to lay it under, minus 135. Well, just based on the numbers, you would have to go over, especially if you believe the Rams are going to win. There's going to be more opportunities to get pressure on the quarterback, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, as you alluded to. Uh, so from that standpoint, but, you know, the one thing with a sack that's tricky is a couple of things. So many times you have a quarterback in the grasp, he throws it away, it's an incomplete pass, there might be an illegal contact, defensive holding, that negates a potential sack. So it's not as much of a slam dunk just based on some of the failures we've seen out of the Cincinnati offensive line. Okay, question number three. We know how good McPherson has been, the place kicker for the Bengals. But which side overall has the special team's advantage, and how many points is it worth in handicapping the line? You know, I think you have to really look at um, the special teams, especially with the kickers, not the punters, the kickers, in terms of their field goal ability. Most guys are going to get touchbacks. Most teams are looking to take a touchback because you'd rather start at the 25 because so many times you may not even get there. We know how good Johnny Hecker is in terms of a punter. But I don't know if it's enough to kind of swing the pendulum in favor of the Rams in terms of special teams. I would give a slight edge to Cincinnati because if you're the Bengals and Zach Taylor, you feel like anytime you get the ball, particularly in that dome, inside the 38-yard line, Evan McPherson within 55 is probably within range. 
So I think there's an opportunity there with Matt Gay. He's the first kicker I've seen be short on a 48-yard field goal without weather conditions being a factor. And missed a kick badly last week in the in the championship game as well, Amal. He's, he's not come up big here in the biggest moments yeah. of the season. Yeah, 48 yards short in perfect weather in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a Cody Parkey type of kicker. There's not a lot of college kids that are short from 48 in perfect weather anymore in Division One. No, but you, you you know the funny thing is a lot of those college coaches think their kickers out there are Justin Tucker, and these guys were wide left by about a mile. I wish they'd leave the hashes out further in college. It makes it more interesting on those field goal attempts. Um, I want to just mention this briefly, and then hopefully we'll never speak about it again. Yesterday's Pro Bowl. Did you have a, a chance to watch? Why don't you take a wild guess on that one? See any of it? No. College hoops. Are you kidding me? We got Stanford gravy yesterday at Maples. Let me talk about five and a half against UW. Did you know that there was going to be no tackling in this game? I was unaware of that, but I had a couple of messages. People said, I said, do you think I'm watching this game? Two hand touch. Nobody tackling. Wait, when you score, you get the ball back and have fourth and 15 from your own 25. So when you score, you give the ball to the opponent on your 25. What was the total on the game? It was, it was, it was like 70 or 71. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was 31 the first half, 62 and a half or 63. It adjusted to 98 and a half. There, I don't know what there was, 40 points in the first quarter. I mean, it was God awful. Here's the question. I thought it might be the worst professional sports product I've ever seen in my life. Really? It was that bad. I walked out. I was here. I walked out two minutes into the second quarter. Is it time now in this day when no one wants to get injured in the NFL to just elect this team but stop playing this game. I've said it all along for the last several years. Elect the team like you always have and give people credit for being making it as a pro bowler yeah. because th- look at all the top players. They're all opting out anyway, and you mentioned it. With the amount of salary at stake for players, there's no reason to risk anything, and it goes back to the Robert Edwards injury uh, several years ago for the Patriots, the running back out of Georgia when he tore up his knee. Career was never the same. I think nobody won, and that was a different scenario because I think they were playing on the sand in the beach in Hawaii. Um but for me, I just don't think this game holds any value. I understand from the TV standpoint, do something else. I don't know. Dude, have these guys throw the longest pass, whatever the skills type of competition, turn it into something. But just forget it. Nobody wants to play. And here's, here's the biggest thing. Forget the injury being detrimental to your long-term career. The, you know, in Week 17 and Week 18, teams are out of contention. The problem is guys don't want to get hurt, not because they're fearful of what it does to their career, just having to rehab. Do you have to go through a four or six-week potential in the offseason? Nobody wants to do that. Here's all you need to know. We wrote more on the Loyola-Chicago-Missouri State game than we did on well, the Well, it was program. a revenge spot again, I, I, right yeah, there. I got a good number on Loyola yeah. in-game. But anyhow, yeah, there's no interest. We lost a little bit. They bet AFC and over. You couldn't offer it in-game. The people that offered it pulling it down because the rules were so convoluted. I mean, you could argue there would be well over 120 points in that game. But I have a question. Were, were people unaware of what the rules were going to be going into this thing? No one said they won't tackle anymore. There was going to be no tackling. So they, they did it at the coin toss. They said, guys, heads I, or I tails, touch or tackle. First, the first play of the game, they well, so they threw a pass, and, and they, they just like ran up, and the DB kind of like this and touched him. They blew the whistle. They were running the ball, and everybody would park and go three yards and touch him and stop. You know what? It's an antiquated Awful. game. They need to get rid of it. Awful. Shameful way for Tony Carrente to end a distinguished career, too. They gave him, they gave him the Pro Bowl since he meant the facilities. How many holdings were, were called? There was zero. The, there was a prop over under nine and a half penalties. There was zero. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I want to talk about briefly about Circa's released the margin of victory indexes, and you've talked about yep. this before. Betting teams to win by a certain margin. Rams by one to three are plus six twenty-five. Amal. Rams by four to seven plus five twenty-five. And down the list we go. You can look at it if you're watching at home. Eight to thirteen is plus seven fifty. Fourteen to twenty plus six dollars, and you get big prices as you get up over twenty-one. Well, um, it's pretty interesting, especially if you've got a Bengals play here. 
a pretty good opportunity to take the Rams minus uh, the one to three, buy down to four, and you can take that. And so that way you kind of cover yourself if the Rams win the game by four or more or if they win by one to three. Talk about the flip side of it, though. If you like the Bengals to win this game, mm-hmm. instead of taking plus 155, I mean, one to three, margin by one to three is plus 775 on the Bengals, plus $9 on four to seven, plus 1,500, eight to 13. Well, I mean, when you look at the Bengals, and if you're all in on the Bengals, don't you think you got to take a shot with basically all the way up to 28? You know, you get 775, 9 to 1, 15 to 1, 16, 50, and 30 to 50. That way you're pretty much covering everything. And if they win the game by 29 points or more. Well, you live with it. You live with it. That's a great statement. I love it. You live with the result. You have to live with it. Yeah. Big weekend for you, Amal, in college basketball. Most of your bets were, it's like Dr. Bob's season-long college football win totals. They were all done in the first five seconds. You know what I mean? Mine were actual real numbers. (laughs) When we come back, we're going to take a look at Big Monday in college basketball. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, or Amal's personal favorite, Citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. Big Monday. In college basketball, and let's start out with the premier matchup of the night of all from the Irwin Center in Austin, the University of Texas, where the Kansas Jayhawks come a calling fresh off their beatdown of Baylor at the Fog on Saturday, 83-59. to KU now, Amal, has a two-game lead in the regular season race for the Big 12 title at 8-1, and 19-3 overall. Texas took care of business against Iowa State over the weekend, holding the Cyclones to 41 points in a 63-41 victory. They give up just 59, 54.9 points a game against top three in the country, Amal. Longhorns come in 17-6 and six overall, 6-4 and four in conference play. Kansas, 
laying a point or a point and a half, on, depending on where you get the line, with a total of all of 134 and a half. Yeah, I didn't play this game yet, but I would look at KU here. I know they're on the road, uh, but I just think Texas's offense can be too stagnant for too long, and that can be a problem against this Kansas team. Really impressed. KU fell behind big against Baylor 2-0, and then after that it was over. I mean... Welcome to the fog. You know, they hadn't lost back-to-back games there since Roy Williams' first year at KU in 88-89. Who were the two teams, them all? I don't even remember. I didn't, oh, I, I, gosh. Sorry. I didn't look it up. You know, Roy had been so long. I gave Roy a pass. It was his first year. It was his first program. And by the way, he did well after that. But, you know, Bill Self has won 15 Big 12 titles. He's lost 16 home games in 19 years. Uh, I, you and I talked about this. I thought this line was going to be four. Uh, and, you know, Kansas, I thought they got on track. Abaji was back in this matchup. I think when you look at Texas right now, um, Chris Beard's team is tremendous defensively, but offensively, you cannot be inconsistent as they are and expect to be able to win against teams like Kansas. Because the one thing is, even though you can play well against mediocre offenses like West Virginia, you play a team like KU. By the way, every time Obaji comes off of his screen, I don't think he's missing that three-point shot. It's unbelievable. He's around 46% or so. He's been tremendous. I think Texas could be in trouble here tonight. All right, let's switch to the ACC 4 o'clock Pacific time on ESPN. This precedes the KU-Texas game on ESPN. From Cameron Indoor in Durham, University of Virginia takes on Duke. Duke now ranked seventh in the country. They've won five in a row. Another early TKO in Chapel Hill on Saturday as they absolutely blitzkrieg the Tar Heels, winning 87-67. to UVA comes in having won two home games in a row uh, against uh, BC and Miami. Virginia 8-5 and five in conference play, 14-9 overall. Duke sits atop the ACC, the only team with only two losses at 9-2, 19-3 overall. This is a big number of them all. Blue Devils laying 12 with a total of 128.5. Yeah, I'll tell you what, this uh, Virginia team, not very good offensively. That's their biggest problem. They're inconsistent, only shooting the three ball at around 33%. This is an interesting game, Mike. I normally would look at the dog here catching the points. Uh, because Virginia, their defense, the way they play. But I think this is going to be a tough spot for UVA with the inconsistency on offense. Duke has been very good. It's not just been Banchero. Wendell Moore has been terrific. Uh, this team's got potentially five first-round picks. Williams is outstanding, uh, but didn't touch this game here. I still, If you're going to play this one, I still think you have to look at UVA in 11 and a half. All right, let's move on. At 6 o'clock Pacific time uh, on FS1 from Desert Financial Arena and Tempe, it's the in-state rematch between Arizona and Arizona State. Arizona, I'm all up to fourth in the country now after home wins over UCLA and USC over the weekend. Nine and one, another team with a two-game lead in conference play. Nineteen and two overall. Arizona State seven and three and three and seven, but a three-overtime upset win as a ten-point dog at home against UCLA on Saturday night to break their four-game losing streak. Among all these teams met on January 29th in Tucson. Arizona won 67-56, a very low-scoring game that was tied with 12 minutes to go. They were a 21-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. The total was 147-and-a-half. On the comeback here, Arizona lane 12 on the road with a total of 142. Yeah, uh, I would have to look at the home dog here, but it's hard to back this Arizona State team inconsistent offensively. But, Mike, the other play that I'm looking at strongly in this game is uh, over 142. In that previous game you referenced in Tucson, these two teams had a combined 29 turnovers, they went uh, from the three-point line 11 for 45. I mean, neither team shot the ball well. From the floor overall, 39 for 120. I mean, less than 33%. Think about that. Arizona's too good offensively. If they get out early, the game turns into open gym. I think this is an opportunity for the Wildcats in this game to put up some points. I still think ASU, though, 
Can they keep pace? Probably not, but 12 is a big number on a road in a rivalry game. Back to the ACC, 4 o'clock Pacific time on the ACC Network from Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg. Pitt and Virginia Tech. Um, all this is a rare home-and-home game in college basketball due to some games being postponed by COVID. They played this game on Saturday in Pittsburgh. Virginia Tech was a seven-point favorite and led 49-22 at halftime, but narrowly escaped with a five-point victory, not covering. Pitt has lost three in a row coming into this matchup. They're at the bottom of the ACC at three and nine, eight and fifteen overall. Virginia Tech five and seven and thirteen and ten. Amal, it was seven on Saturday. Now it's twelve with a total of one forty-two. I'm sorry, 12 with a total of uh, 28.5, sorry. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Mike, I'm looking at the under in this game. The shooting in that previous game was an aberration. I mean, you're talking about two teams that combined to go uh, 23 for 44 from the three-point arc, and these teams are not particularly prolific shooting teams. 58% from the floor from Virginia Tech and 57% from Pittsburgh. Here's the key for me, Mike. Only 45 and 44 shot attempts, not a ton of um, free-throw attempts per se, but Turnovers were plentiful in this game. Both teams combined for 31 turnovers. Uh, you did have 43 points off a of turnover. So I think this game is going to be under this total here. I think the 147 was an aberration last time out. Yeah, the total up two points from Saturday when it was yeah. 126 and a half. Now you're getting a little value if you like the under at 128 and a half. All right, let's go to the A-10. Uh, this game at 4 o'clock from the Robin Center in Richmond, Virginia. George Mason at Richmond. George Mason 4-3 and three in league play, 11-9 and nine overall Richmond. Six and four in the eight and 15 and eight overall. George Mason has lost two in a row coming into this game, including at home to St. Louis and at LaSalle over the weekend. Richmond has won two in a row, including a 10 point victory over a very disappointing St. Bonaventure team on Saturday. The Spiders lane seven with a total of 138 and a half. Yeah, a little bit of a big number. I tell you what, Mason's been a lot better than people realize coming into this season, but I thought Richmond was very impressive in their win against St. Bonnie's. Uh, really did a tremendous job in that game. Mooney's team is still dangerous, especially when we get into the A-10 tournament. Keep an eye on Richmond and St. Bonaventure, but Bonnie's just don't seem to be there this year. Mike, I, I'm not going to touch this game. Tough call here, but I wouldn't be surprised that this one is a somewhere between the 5-9 to nine range. It just feels like it's going to go one way or the other. I think Richmond was 4 at home on Saturday, right, when they beat uh, when they Was beat it that St. high? Bonaventure. Yeah, it was, okay. I think it was 4, but they covered, winning by 10. Okay, yeah. let's uh, shift to the Colonial, and this show's obsession with UNC Wilmington. <laughs> 2 o'clock Pacific time from the David S. Mack Sports and Exhibition Complex in Hempstead, New York. It's UNC Wilmington at Hofstra. Wilmington still sitting on top of the Colonial. 10-1 and one in league play, 16-6 and six overall. Their lone loss was at Elon. They beat both William and Mary at home on Saturdays, 92-70. Hofstra, 6-4 and four in league play, 14-9 and nine overall, including a 85-78 overtime win over James Madison over the weekend. Hofstra. Seven and a half on the overnight, down to six with a total of 145. Yeah, I think the opening number was too high in that yeah. one. Um, don't have a problem taking the Seahawks team at this price here. I, I still think it might be a little bit high. First time these two teams met in late January, pretty good game. Uh, Wilmington won that one by six. In that game, Hofstra was a four-point road favorite. Interesting that we only see this number at six. I, I, I'm not sure in terms of how realistic that one was. The one problem in that game, though, Hofstra was only three for 18 from the three-point arc. The pride should be far better at home. Um, not going to touch this game at six here. This is one of those in-game opportunities. If you like one side or the other, you, you take a look at that. Mike, it, it's amazing. Real quick, for people that don't bet in-game, you got to get associated with it because so many of these games, there are so many great opportunities when you see some of these numbers. It, you know, perfect example, Providence was laying five and a half against Georgetown at halftime yesterday. 
They're minus five and a half down three at the break, and they actually got bet down to minus two. I'm like, have you watched Georgetown? This is what they do at home. They play well in the first half. They take the second half off. And it was funny. I, a friend of mine texted me. He goes, what do you think? I said, PC all day. And I said, I think they're going to crush them by about 20. I said, 43-21 second half scoring. I came the closest I've ever come on nailing a number. 44-22 second half. Yeah, Providence got hot there. They hit it for about three or four three-pointers in a row, and it was over. But forget that. It, that that kind of led to the big lead. But what I'm saying is this Georgetown team, when somebody decides to play defense on them, Villanova did the same thing when they were there earlier this year, and they and you just lock them down. This team is inconsistent. You know, we were talking about who's going to get fired first. I think Patrick Ewing might be on the way out because you look around. There's empty seats everywhere. This team just doesn't look like they're competitive. You think they would fire him midseason, though? No, no, I'm saying yeah. uh, him and Crean. I, I mean, it just... I think both of these guys are going to be moving on. Speaking of Tom Crean, he had every ability to win that game. They had Auburn down. They had the ball. They had all the opportunities in the last three minutes and couldn't close it out there in Athens. Disagree on your statement. His players had every ability. His disability of coaching is what prevented the victory. All right. When we come back, we'll finish our college basketball lineup and look at the NBA. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. You know that VSIN is the best place to get all the betting insights for the big game. And right now, you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit vcin.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. Mike Palmer, the Mall Shaw here on the Monday before the Super Bowl, and we continue on with the college basketball lineup tonight. I know you like to dabble at the top, and that would be the Summit League, Amal. From at 5 p.m. Pacific time from the Sheet Center, the University of South Dakota is taking on North North Dakota State. South Dakota comes off a loss to their in-state rival, South Dakota State. 89-79 over the weekend. North Dakota State has won two in a row at home. And in the earlier matchup of this game, they beat the University of South Dakota 74-62 in overtime uh, in Vermilion as a two-point favorite. Now the scene shifts to Fargo, where North Dakota State finds themselves a six-point favorite with a total of 137.5 a mile. Yeah, I like the dog here, the Coyotes. This matchup, they lost 14-2 to in overtime in that game in late January, and they really struggled shooting the basketball in that one, particularly from the perimeter, just 27%. I think this is a few too many points here. Uh, even though North Dakota State, the Bison, have been terrific at home so far this year, 10-2, and two, I think six is a big number. Good revenge spot here. I'd be looking at the dog here catching six. Now let's go from the summit to the big sky, Amal. Southern Utah at Montana this game Tips at 6 o'clock Pacific time from Dahlberg Arena in Missoula. Southern Utah has won four straight. They are 9-2 and two in league play, 15-6 and six overall. Montana comes into this game having lost two straight, 8-4 and four in league play, and 15-8. and eight. Montana laying a point and a half at home here, Amal, with a total of 140. Got to play on this game coming up in a little bit. You got to take the Grizzlies here, Mike. This team is undefeated at home. I like this Thunderbirds team, but going on the road uh, to Missoula, I think they're going to come up a little bit short here. Montana's just a team that finds a way to win games, and I think that's what you'll see here tonight in this matchup. Short number, take the Grizzlies at home tonight. Okay, up to two or two and a half in some spots now, Amal. And finally, in Conference USA, the Western Division, you have a matchup between UTEP and North Texas. This game tips at 5 o'clock Pacific time in Denton, 
Two teams on big winning streaks here, Amal. UTEP has won six straight. They're seven and three in league play, fourth in the Conference USA West. North Texas has won eight straight and 14 of 15. Nine and one in conference play, 16 and four overall. They sit atop the Conference USA West Division. This game was 12 on the overnight, Amal. Now down to 10 with a total of 118 and a half. You already know it's UTEP. You take them points. Uh, Mike, you look at this Miners team. They got a good road win on Saturday at Rice. Almost gave the game away. Had about a nine-point lead, and Rice hits a three to cut it to three with six seconds remaining, and then they were able to escape that one. This North Texas team is tremendous defensively. We've seen it all year going back to last year in the tournament. But, Mike, the one problem they have is consistency on the offensive end, and I think with this type of game being a little bit lower scoring, this is a big number for North Texas to be able to cover up in Denton tonight. Uh, the mean green, I think, come up a little bit short against the spread like UTEP here in the points. I do have a play on this game. I want to ask you about this total. Mm-hmm. 118.5, a very, very low total for college basketball. It is. I was looking at the grid that our own, VEASAN's own college basketball savant, Hoops Peterson, puts out on all of the games. He had this game rated at 123.5. Is there any value on the over here, Amal? Well, look, for me, when you're playing a 118.5, you're just playing it potentially on the over simply because... If you wind up with some fouls late, I mean, you're, you, Mike, it is a game that has to, both teams have to struggle shooting the ball. If there's any kind of run in the game at all, it's going to probably get over this total. Because even with bad teams, you're looking at a, still a 50-point first half. You're still within reach at 70. Not an ideal number for these two type of teams in the second half scenario, but I, I think it's not a bad play if you like the over here. Okay, let's take a look at two Super Bowl props uh, put out here by Circa Amal. Let's start with most rushing yards in the game on Sunday. We have co-favorites here. The running backs from both teams, Cam Akers and Joe Mixon, both plus 140. Next choice, Sony Michelle at 8-1. to one. And then the field at 18-1. to one. Joe Burrow is 20-1. to one. Matt Stafford is 100-1. to one. And to have two or more players tied with the exact same rushing yards is 30-1. to one. Any interest in the field or one of the two favorites? Uh, I would rather take Sony Michelle. Just on the off chance, just based on the numbers, because I'm not sure between Acres and Mixon, I'd give the edge to Acres. But, you know, I go back to those fumbles. Um, you know, that's a big concern for me uh, in terms of how much trust we'll see out of this Rams team, especially if he fumbles the ball one time. If you're this uh, Bengals defense, you are attacking uh, Cam Akers when he's got the football there. So I, I don't see Burrow or uh, anybody else kind of lapping the field here. Okay. And then most receiving yards, Cooper Cup, a pretty heavy favorite. Amal at plus 150, Jamar Chase plus 450, T. Higgins plus 550, Odell Beckham plus 650. Then you drop down to Tyler Boyd, 1750, Van Jefferson, 1950, the field. Then you have the running backs and, and tight ends and everything uh, there. <laughs> uh, any interest in this prop? No, because I think Jamar Chase is very much alive at 4.5 to 1 here. I, I think it's a pretty good play. You would expect it to be Cooper Cup. But I don't think the odds compared to what the rest of the field is justify taking him. Yeah. Well, let's save some of the props for Femi later in the week and switch to the NBA here, Amal. Five games on the docket tonight, and I want to get your thoughts on Rookie of the Year. Let's start out uh, in Charlotte at the Spectrum Center, 4 o'clock Pacific time. The Raptors, who are the sixth seed in the East right now at 28 and 23, take on your Charlotte Hornets, who are the ninth seed in the East at 28 and 26. The Raptors laying one and a half on the road with a total of 223. And take a look at the home dog here. Revenge spot. Remember, Toronto got them earlier this year, uh, a couple of weeks back, 125-113 in that matchup in late January. And you know, Mike, I like Charlotte when they're at home catching points. Not laying points. We saw uh, Cleveland beat them. 
By the way, despite the help from the officials, did you see that play? They should be suspended. No, no, no. They should be terminated. It's a little harsh. First of all, they go review the most nonsensical plays in the association. You got a three-point shot. You're calling a foul on a play who's not a guy. Three seconds after the whistle blew because the guy's foot was on the ball on the baseline. And you count the basket and give a technical for the guy on the bench disturbing the shot? So what what do you give him, a one-week suspension? Um, I'm okay with that. Listen, but... (laughs) It's just, it's absurd. You know, I've always had a problem. This is why I've always hated David Stern, because the officiating in the NBA, game manipulation at its finest. This is pathetic. This is absolutely pathetic. I I know Silver's got to check with LeBron before he makes a decision, but maybe for once he can stand on his own two feet and say, listen, we're not going to stand for this anymore. But the Hornets here at home, catching points, I like them in this particular spot. This this Toronto team has quietly flown under the radar in terms of their resurgence so far. They were dealing with injuries earlier this year, but really getting back on track now. Uh, 4 o'clock from Capital One Arena. The one seed, the new one seed in the East, the Miami Heat at 34-20 and 20 take on Wizard Squad. That's 24-28 and 28 coming into the game. The Heat laying six on the road here, Amal, with a total of 207. I, I'm going to tell you right now, the Miami Heat, Pat Riley, Eric Spolster are going full Bill Belichick on this injury list. I'm going to read you the list real quick. Marquise Morris out. Jimmy Butler, game-time decision. Oladipo out. Caleb Martin, game-time decision. Max Struss, uh, game-time decision. Tyler Hero game time decision. Can we get somebody who's playing in Miami? I get it. I got a lot of 10-day contracts there I, in Miami. I know. It's, it's so ridiculous. Every time with the Heat, this is the scenario. Big, Obviously a big scenario for the Wizards. Bradley Beal is out. That's going to be a big blow in this when you look at this team. But it's just so frustrating for me because this Miami team has played particularly well. I have not been involved in really any of their games because every night I'm not sure who's suiting up for this team. All right, let's move on to Chicago. 5 o'clock Pacific time from the United Center. The Suns, with the best record in basketball, 42-10, and 10, taking on the Bulls, who have been struggling uh, as of late. Still the second seed in the East, 33-20 and 20 overall. Suns lane eight on the road here, Amal, with a two, total of 227.5. Yeah, initial reaction is a big number against this Bulls team, who's pretty solid. Remember, Zach Levine's going to be a game-time decision. We know Caruso's out as well. Lonzo Ball out for Chicago as, as well, so... Uh, it's it's tough here. This Phoenix team quietly continues to play extremely well. 42-10. and 10. Mike, they're looking at a 60-win season, which is incredibly impressive when you think about it. They've got 30 games remaining. They've got to go 20-10 and 10 down the street. Actually, not even 20-10. and 10, Really, 18-12 and 12 to get to 60, but I'm saying 62 wins. I don't know if I thought this Phoenix team was that good, but they have really done a great job, and I think Chris Paul deserves a ton of credit for it. I think Devin Booker's a terrific scorer, but Paul has really helped facilitate and carry this load in this team, and they have just been outstanding. The Golden State Warriors are in Oklahoma City tonight at the Paycom Center to take on the Thunder. The Warriors just a half game behind Phoenix. 40 and 13 overall. Thunder have been very disappointing. 17 and 35. Here's another big number. Warriors laying 12 and a half on the road with a total of 210 and a half. Yeah, Draymond Green out of the lineup here for Golden State. Big number here, but, you know, against this anemic uh, Oklahoma City team, also dealing with a ton of injuries. Gilgis Alexander's been out for a while. Uh, this team, to me, is just tough one to bet on. That is Oklahoma City, 17-35. and 35. Uh, No play in this game as they continue to struggle. 9-16 and 16 at home this year straight up. Knicks blew a big lead Saturday night uh, against the Lakers. Now they're in Salt Lake City at the Delta Center to take on the Jazz. Jazz, eight-point home favorites, 218.5. I'm all five games tonight, only one home team favorite. Yeah, a little bit surprising there. Gobert continues to be out for Utah here. Still like the Jazz. This Jazz team... This is what they do. No Ingles, obviously, off that bench out for the year with the torn ACL, but 
Uh, I, I like uh, Utah in this spot here, lane eight against the Bricks. Any chance that last year's Coach of the Year, Tom Thibodeau, doesn't make the end of the season in New York? I don't think so. We're too far into the season. I, I think he'll make it through, but uh, what they should have done is traded Julius Randle when his value was the highest. All right, when we come back, I'm all in the playbook, and we'll talk NBA Rookie of the Year. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet River Sportsbook better sure hit a jackpot. Their odds boost house specials gave away over $3 million in cash. The biggest hit was betters who bet on the four player parlay to score a touchdown. Those lucky players turned $50 into over $1,000 that easy when Travis Kelsey, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, and Debo Samuel all reached the end zone on Championship Sunday. That's right, over $3 million in payouts in one day. Bet Rivers loves winning, and the amazing odds boost keep going on the same drive to the big game. Visit Bet Rivers Sportsbook today and check out all the options along with exclusive new promotions for sports bettors. Must be 21, available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1 877 Hope New York or text Hope New York 467369. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with the Mall Shaw. Uh, let's get to the place. Let's start out on the big sky for me tonight. The lone play here uh, in this matchup. I was going to take the Hornets in the NBA, but I didn't take them, uh, but probably make a play on that one later on. Montana lane two here against the Thunderbirds, like the Grizzlies at home. Again, perfect so far this year at home. I think they get it done uh, at um, in Missoula tonight and win this game. All right, I'm going to give my plays for the week. I might add some during the week, Amal. I'll be out. My wife's scheduled to get induced tonight at 10 p.m. at Summerlin Hospital, but thankfully we have the apps on our phone so we can bet from labor and delivery up there. But I want to give them all out for it. I'm going to start out with the three-unit play. I like the Rams a lot in the Super Bowl, Amal. I know you got them at four early. I'm going to lay the money line here at 195 is the best price I could find in town right now. I think it's a mismatch. I don't think this Cincinnati offensive line is going to be able to handle the Rams. I think this game's going to be a lot more like Tennessee than it was against Kansas City. I think the Rams win this game pretty easily. If I would bet one of those indexes, I think this game's somewhere in that 8-14 to 14 point range. Uh, Texas Tech to make the Final Four. We talked about this on Friday. Made the bet plus 675. They go to Morgantown, down nine, three different times in the first half and just wear you down. Mark Adams has to get consideration for Coach of the Year. Amal. They're up to being ranked in the top 10. Now, this guy has been coaching defense at every single level, and he's won with it, whether it was Wayland Baptist or Texas Pan Am. or You know, he has. He's just come through the ranks, and his team's play so well. But 
I like the fact they move the ball around offensively and can attack in the half court as well. I'm going to lay a point tonight with Kansas. I'm all, I think this line's short. I made this line three and a half. Texas cannot sustain offense consistently enough in this game to stay with Kansas. Texas, excuse me, KU's one of the few teams that can go into the Urban Center and doesn't have a problem it being a road game. They've had success there in the past. We've seen them even in conference. I think this is a good play. I'm going to take them points. You take them points. I'll take the 10 in Denton tonight. Two good teams. I mean, do I think UTEP's going to win the game? No, but I don't think they're going to get beat by double digit. That's a one-unit play. And then here's the first prop I'll release. Quarter unit, in honor of our guy Lou Finnecaro, our UFC guy, quarter unit Lou, I call him. Quarter unit on Stafford to score a touchdown at any time during the game. McVay's really loved to to run him on sneaks. You all say you get that P.I., put the ball on the one-yard line, you get set up for a spot like that. That's why you like shortest touchdown as well. But a quarter unit to win two units there. Yeah, looking forward to kind of getting into these props this weekend, taking a look at some of those. You mentioned the under one and a half yards on the touchdown. I have to look back historically, but I think it's one that you generally see in most games. I like your Stafford play because it's 8-1, to one, but remember, you mentioned it. P.I., defensive holding, mm-hmm. what have you. The ball is splatted at the one-yard line. Instead of turning around and handling the ball off to Cam Akers, Matthew Stafford's very effective. He may not be Tom Brady great in terms of the quarterback sneak, but he's very effective and efficient. Remember, people forget Stafford's a pretty decent-sized guy. He's a big boy from Dallas. And they all are in Texas, <laughs> man. They're bigger, bigger from Highland Park. We didn't get to hit this at the end of the third hour, third segment of all, but I want to talk a little bit um, rookie of the year in the betting market right now in the NBA because I don't think it's a slam dunk here, although the odds markets seem to suggest that Evan Mobley is already the winner of this award at minus 350. Mobley, of course, from USC, who plays for the Cavaliers, averaging 14.9 a game on 50% shooting, a little over eight rebounds and 2.6 assists per game. Tell you what, he has done a tremendous job. He's been the key to this resurgence in Cleveland. Love the acquisition, in case you missed it, over the weekend of Karis LeVert from the Indiana Pacers. Gives them a bona fide score. Um, You know, Mike, when you look at this team right now, maybe this is not their year, but I think if they can get one playoff series and a win in a series, boy, you talk about giving them some good odds going forward. Um, obviously, the clear odds on favorite so far. And the other guys at the top, look at these th- uh, the top three guys. Mobley at 350, minus 350, excuse me. Kate Cunningham and Scotty Barnes, 6-1. to one. All these guys, top five picks. Scotty Barnes, if you know people didn't see him in Florida State and now seeing him in the NBA Toronto, tremendous length, decent shooter. And Kate Cunningham, I liked him a lot. I know the scouts didn't value him as a potential franchise-changing player, I just like his ability to knock, take big shots and knock down big shots. Going back to when he was at Oklahoma State, which you obviously it's not Kane Cunningham as which player has made the biggest difference to his team because right. he's playing on a forlorn team in the Pistons. <laughs> has it been Mobley or Barnes that's had a bigger impact on their team? I think it's Mobley. I think this Cleveland Cavaliers team. Look at their win total. What was expected this year? When you look at Toronto, you got Pascal Siakam. You've got some players there. It's not like he came to an area where they're void of talent. Colin Sexton has not been the guy that the Cavs thought he would be. Darius Garland has been terrific out of Vanderbilt for them. Uh, but uh, Evan Mobley has done a really nice job. And you know what? He comes into the NBA immediately as a guy who can pick and pop, step out uh, all the way out to the three-point line. Really done a great job for this team. Franz Wagner, the fourth choice in the betting market at 15-1 to out of Michigan playing for the Magic. 15.7 per game, 4.5 rebounds, 2.9 assists. Josh Giddy from Australia, remember, did not play at college in the U.S. with the Thunder. 12 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, 6.1 assists. Any interest in those two characters? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned Giddy. I had to look up. I said, I'm unfamiliar with this guy. And then all of a sudden, first thing I see, Aussie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of these guys get How good. How could he not play for St. Mary's? <laughs> he was a little bit better than the guys yeah. on the St. Mary's <laughs> squad, right? That's the reason why he could take the direct route. But 
some decent players that they've developed out of there, and we see it over time. Had some, and you know, it's funny. Melbourne has produced three number one overall picks in the draft. Uh, I had a sumo from Illinois State in Illinois with the Bulls, averaging 7.9 a game on 53% shooting, 2.6 rebounds, 2.8 assists. Chris Duarte finished his college career at Oregon with the Pacers now, 13.3, 4.2 rebounds, 2.2 assists. And then the kid straight out of high school, Jalen Green, uh, out of prolific prep in California, playing for the Rockets, 14-4, only 37% shooting, 3.3 rebounds and 2.4 assists. So he's a volume guy, huh? He's a volume, <laughs> volume scorer. <laughs> Absolutely, a volume shooter. Um, you know, I think Chris Duarte has been a good good player for the Pacers this year. The thing I like about him is Duarte is probably a little bit bigger than people realize as the guard position, can knock down the three-point shot and can defend. Uh, Desunmu, I was a little bit concerned about his size coming into the NBA. Didn't know how effective he could be, but he had the ability to spot up done a nice job so far for the uh, Bulls, as you alluded to. Out of the six colleges represented here in this in the betting market at the top of it, USC, Oklahoma State, Florida State, Michigan, Illinois, and Oregon, only two of them have produced NBA Rookies of the Year. Can you tell me which two schools and who were the players? Uh, I'm going to go with Michigan. Yes? Uh, Who's the player? Was it Burke? No. no he, he was terrible in the NBA. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, Chris Weber. There you go. Chris Weber, yeah, yeah, And yeah. then which is the other school? Hold on, I'm trying to think. Uh Illinois. No. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. You might not get this one. This is, is an it Oregon? One. Florida State. Dave Cowens. Oh, I would have never gotten that. No, I, didn't, I didn't know that. 1971. Yeah. Amal, did you watch the NHL All-Star festivities at all? I did not. I was disappointed. You know, we bid on having an event over the weekend at Stadium Swim. And, and it, we, I, I don't know what they did in the outside events. It didn't come to fruition. But they had Zed playing at T-Mobile during the whole uh, outing. We could have had Zed here at... Stadium swim, that would have been awesome. I did watch it. I hinted to you on Friday the totals were too high. Yeah, absolutely. Only because, anecdotally, in watching overtimes this year, it seems more games get to shootouts than these quick scores on three-on-three. I think the league is understanding how to defend three-on-three in these five-minute stretches. If you would have bet you would have bet all the halves of the games, you would have went 5-0-1 um, oh, on wow. the totals. And then the three games all, all went under. But I thought they were high. We, had, we saw 14 in the first rounds down to 12 and a half in the final. I mean, the betting market's adjusted, but not enough and not in time. You know, I, it's funny. I thought about it on Saturday a little bit late when I see this the crawl on ESPN yeah. underneath during the KU game. And I said, oh, I wish I'd taken this. But I just Saturday and Sundays, especially now the football is pretty much over, get locked in on college hoops. And there's so many great opportunities out there, in my opinion, on college basketball. Two makeup games. Remember, this is the Olympic break, but there's a lot of makeup games to be played because of COVID. Two games on the ice tonight. Both of them have the exact same price as them all. Let's start out with the more premier matchup in uh, in Toronto. Hurricanes at Maple Leafs. Leafs are a $1.30 favorite at home with a total of six shaded to the over them all. I can go either way in this game. Tough one to call Freddie Anderson against Peter Morazic in net tonight. Uh, to me, tell you what, how good has Freddie Anderson been? 24-6, and six, but... Don't trust him. Don't trust him. Don't I really don't. I'm can't sorry. Can't win with him. Can't win with him. No, you can win with him, but I don't know if you can win in the postseason. The playoffs. I love Brendan Moore as a coach. I love what this team has done, though. All right, and then the other game, also in Canada, Devils at Senators. Senators $1.30. Six, even more heavily shaded to the over. Minus 130 on the over, plus 110 on the under. Got to take the Sens here. Uh, Matt Murray and Ned. How about, how about, how about Sens uh, on the puck line, plus 180? Let's not get greedy. Well, I was thinking, of if you're going to play him. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Hey, just want to take this moment here to kind of wish Mike and his wife, uh, Danica, all the best wishes. They're going to have a baby girl here tonight or tomorrow. 
and uh, Demi Rose, what a beautiful name, and want to wish you and your family all the best. I know you're going to be gone for the next couple of weeks, so to your brand-new baby girl, wish you all the best. Well, thank you, Amal. And, uh, yeah, I'll be off for two weeks, maybe in a little bit on Super Bowl Sunday, but you'll be in good hands with uh, Timmy and Dave Ross to fill in while I'm gone. Looking forward to that. Maybe. All right. Stay tuned. Next up, it's Betting Across America. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. 